Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. On this episode of Newt's World, on September 12th, Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, tasking the House committees on oversight and accountability, judiciary, and ways and means to continue to gather evidence and follow the money to determine the extent of President Biden's abuse of public office. House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer followed Speaker McCarthy's announcement with an upcoming hearing entitled The Basis for an Impeachment Inquiry of President Joseph R. Biden, Jr. The hearing will examine the value of an impeachment inquiry and present evidence House Republicans have uncovered to date regarding President Joe Biden's knowledge of and role in his family's domestic and international business practices. Since January, House Committees on Oversight and Accountability, Judiciary and Ways and Means have uncovered an overwhelming amount of evidence showing President Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. Thousands of pages of financial records, emails, text, testimony from credible IRS whistleblowers, and a transcribed interview with Biden family business associate Devin Archer all reveal that Joe Biden allowed his family to sell him as the brand around the world to enrich the Biden family. Here to share an update on the Biden impeachment inquiry, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest and friend, Chairman James Comer from the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability. James, welcome and thank you for joining me in Newt's World. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm a big Newt Gingrich fan, so I'm honored to be here. You've done an amazing job so far. I've been watching, as you know, and you and your team have been very generous in briefing me and keeping me informed. I'm really curious, if I go way up to the 50,000-foot level, what has been the biggest surprise to you as chairman in the time you've now spent looking at all this? I guess the way the media has covered this, just last night, for example, released the 
bank wire that I subpoenaed, the most recent one that showed another $250,000 wire from China, from a Chinese national to Hunter Biden. And the beneficiary address was Joe Biden's address in Delaware. And the media just immediately comes out after I release that and I'm on my way to vote. They say, well, what does this have to do with Joe Biden? And, you know, the whole thing has to do with Joe Biden, much less the address that was listed. The times that Joe Biden said during the campaign that his family never took money from China and he didn't know any of these guys that his son was doing business with. And we've proven he knew them all. He met with them all this Latest one he had coffee with in China, flew Hunter Biden on Air Force Two on our taxpayer expense to China to meet with. He wrote letters of recommendation for this Chinese national's daughter to go to school. So the evidence is, I think, pretty overwhelming, but the media tries to continue to print the narrative that there's no evidence. That's been the biggest surprise, how the media has treated this story. I almost got the sense that the left-wing media is the defensive line for the Biden team. And they're not covering the news. They're doing everything they can to protect him. But I'm curious, when Speaker McCarthy called for an impeachment inquiry, you all had already been doing a remarkable amount of very good work. What is the advantage from your perspective of now having this be a formal impeachment inquiry? Well, there are a lot of advantages and a lot of precedents that we'll utilize. With respect to the investigation, it's always been about following the money. But what we've run into is a lot of obstruction by the Biden administration, a lot of obstruction by different agencies like National Archives and the Department of Justice and the FBI and the Secret Service and the IRS. And by all accounts, we're headed to court because now the next subpoena will be for Hunter and Jim Biden's personal bank records. So the impeachment inquiry gives us a better standing in court. A lot of the opposition to giving us any personal documentation would have been about they didn't understand the legislative intent. This supersedes that. We don't really have to have a legislative intent. There's also precedents where Jerry Nadler used impeachment inquiry status to get grand jury testimony. So the impeachment inquiry allows you to get information that you normally wouldn't get if you were just an average congressional investigative body. So it's really changed the legal status by which you interact with these people. Absolutely. And we're going up against, by all accounts, the best legal team in America, I guess the best public corruption criminal defense team in America. We saw where Menendez rehired Abby Lowell, who already got Menendez off once, and everybody knows Menendez is a crook or half his colleagues wouldn't be calling on him to resign. So... This legal team's had great success in defending public corruption in the past, and we need every tool in our toolbox to be able to win in court. When you talk about following the money, I notice that you are, in your first round of hearings, you're going to have a forensic accountant, a former assistant attorney general in the tax division of the Department of Justice, and Jonathan Turley, who's a very famous George Washington law professor. I mean, some of this really does require kind of a technical understanding, doesn't it? Yes. So with Turley, he can give the reasoning and the rationale behind an impeachment inquiry. Turley's also an expert on the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which the Bidens have clearly violated. And I think we'll have evidence tomorrow during the committee hearing that will prove the Bidens 
violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and they violated it with the sitting vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. So, you know, how he can't be implicated in that would be one of the mysteries of the world. But Turley can talk about the Foreign Agents Registration Act. He can talk about impeachment inquiry, the difference between that and the regular impeachment. Then the forensic accountant can talk about a lot of the tax crimes. And that's my background with the bank violations, the suspicious activity reports, the tax evasion, things like that. Then you've got the Department of Justice tax division expert who who worked for the Department of Justice and former assistant attorney general. They can talk about all the laws that the Bidens have broken from wire fraud, the tax evasion, the money laundering. So I think it'll be a pretty informative hearing. I'm fascinated because you have been able to combine, on the one hand, the Biden team is doing everything they can to block you. On the other hand, you have an increasing number of whistleblowers who seem disgusted and who are almost like coming out of the woodwork. I mean, how does that process work? Does does somebody just call up and say, hi, I'm a whistleblower or exactly what happens? Well, hopefully the potential whistleblowers have sat back and watched and realized that I'm not a flamethrower. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a sincere guy, average guy that's trying to get answers for the American people. And you have to gain the trust. And Charles Grassley, as you know, has done that for his whole time in the Senate. I believe he's developed a trust with potential whistleblowers. And what's happened is they've realized this is a credible investigation. They realize that there's wrongdoing. They have firsthand insider knowledge that there was wrongdoing, that there was a cover-up. Not only was there a crime by the Bidens, there was a cover-up of the crime by the Bidens. So there's essentially two things we're investigating, the actual crime and then the cover-up. So the whistleblowers with the FBI came forward and gave us the 1023 form, which alleged the Bidens were involved in a bribery scheme. The reason that was important to me is what their allegations were that they were using different shell companies and different bank accounts to hide the money. That transcript was written years before we uncovered the fact that they had shell companies and that they had all these bank accounts and all these bank violations. And it was consistent with what we've seen in Romania and Ukraine and China, the way they were taking this foreign national money in. Then you have the IRS whistleblowers that came forward. And we've had two more come forward just this week. So I believe that we've hopefully developed a reputation of protecting the integrity of the whistleblowers. And I think the Democrats, they used to have the reputation of welcoming whistleblowers, but they only welcome whistleblowers if they blow the whistle on a Republican. So I think the Democrats have done irreparable damage in the future if they ever become the majority party again, that they're going to have a lot of making up to do with would-be whistleblowers. When I look at Hunter Biden's total lack of any kind of sophisticated knowledge, and you look at the people who are hiring him, I don't quite understand how anybody can argue that this is anything except just influence peddling. I mean, if his name had been Hunter Smith or Hunter Gingrich, I don't think he'd have gotten a penny. Or Menendez or Jefferson or any of the other public officials and families who have been indicted for doing the same thing Hunter Biden was doing. Look, of course he was influence peddling, and hopefully we've proven that. And I think the Democrats, the media have accepted that, and now their defense is, well, he may have been a bad person. He may have been doing bad things, but Joe didn't know anything about it. 
that you look at what he was influence peddling, not just who he was influence peddling with, but what he was influence peddling. All of these foreign nationals were bad people. And they were bad people that were in trouble. With the Romanian foreign national, he was being investigated for corruption in Romania. With the owner of Burisma, it's a very well-known fact that he was being investigated by Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian special prosecutor, who had already seized some of their assets. So he was in trouble. You got the Chinese, the CEFC, which is owned by the Chinese Communist Party that was paying the Bidens. And this is the entity where Joe Biden was going to be 10% for the big guy. What they were wanting was access to our markets. What CEFC was paying the Bidens was to navigate the bureaucracy because there are barriers to entry for China. That's one of the few things we agree on in a bipartisan way in Congress. We don't want China buying farmland. We don't want China buying energy companies. We don't want China doing anything manufacturing of anything that would affect our national security. Well, they were paying the Bidens to help them navigate the bureaucracy, to eliminate the barriers. So everything Hunter Biden was doing was for bad people that were in the worst interest of the American people. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, this is Newt. In my new book, March the Majority The Real Story of the Republican Revolution. I offer strategies and insights for everyday citizens and for seasoned politicians. It's both a guide for political success and for winning back the majority in 2024. March to the Majority outlines the 16-year campaign to write the contract with America, explains how we elected the first Republican House majority in 40 years, and how we worked with President Bill Clinton to pass major reforms, including four consecutive balanced budgets. March to the Majority tells the behind-the-scenes story of how we got it done. Here's a special offer for my podcast listeners. You can order March the Majority right now at Gingrich360.com slash book, and it'll be shipped directly to you. Don't miss out on this special offer. Go to Gingrich360.com slash book 
and order your copy now. Order it today at gingrich360.com slash book. Joe Biden said over and over again that he didn't know anything about the companies, that he didn't think that Hunter was in any way involved in all these things. It seems to me that first layer you have now stripped away so completely. You almost have to be crazy not to realize that you could not have had this much going on, this much money, this many activities, these many phone calls, dropping by Cafe Milano for dinner with a whole bunch of rich foreigners. It makes Biden at a minimum just a totally dishonest person in terms of misleading the American people. I mean, what am I missing? Nothing. I mean, he said he never met with any of these people. This ye that sent the money that we talked about yesterday, the $250,000 wire to Joe's house. Joe Biden wrote a letter of recommendation. Joe Biden met with him when he was in China, when he took Hunter Biden with him to China. Then Patrick Ho, who I think we're going to be able to prove tomorrow, Joe Biden met with him as well. And he's the other Chinese operative who was apprehended by the Chinese government. He was in trouble for corruption in China. Now, you're a pretty bad person if you're in trouble for corruption in China. And this is who they were paying. They were paying the Bidens, and Joe was going to be a part of that. So I think that the narrative that Joe never met with any of these people, we have definitely proven that that was a complete lie. And that's a big lie. The Devin Archer testimony said he was spoke on the phone at least 20 times to these people. He met with all of the people that sent money to the Biden family. Not one or two, he met with all of them. The other piece of this that I was really shocked when it was revealed, he had at least three or four fake names that he's emailing them. I mean, now what do you make of this? It's unprecedented. Sometimes people have used pseudonyms for personal reasons because you know you have a scheduler and you've got to schedule official stuff and you've got family stuff you got to go to. And maybe you have an email for family things or whatever in a pseudonym. But he was using the pseudonyms for official government business. The one email that we do have in a pseudonym was pertaining to an upcoming phone call with the president of Ukraine and they copied Hunter on it. So why would you use a pseudonym for something like that? I don't know how many foreign presidents Joe Biden would have called when he was vice president. I doubt very many. But why would you use a pseudonym? And then why is Hunter Biden copied on an email about an upcoming phone call to the president of Ukraine? This is at a time when he's on the board of Burisma and Joe tried to act like he didn't even know he was on the board of Burisma at that time. Well, they're copying him on emails using pseudonyms to hide from the FOIA rules, Freedom of Information Act. And copying Hunter Biden. So that was another narrative. Newt, they said there was a wall, that Joe Biden had a wall between his official duties and his son's business activities. Well, there's a copy of a government email about a really important phone call pertaining to things that we think involve quid pro quo for Joe Biden and corruption and things like that. So they haven't been able to explain that one either. As I understand it, when I read in the open sources, there are like 5,400 of these emails from these various fake names that are at the National Archives? Yes, sir. Are you able to get them or what's the deal? 
Well, I have requested them. You have to imagine my frustration. I requested all the correspondence between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And they said there was none. This was when the investigation started. I requested that from the National Archives. I requested all the correspondence between Joe Biden and Ukraine. And they gave us very little. I thought, well, okay, he probably didn't use an email very much. You know, not many people use emails anymore because of the Freedom of Information Act. So we went on. Well, then we found this one in a pseudonym. So I re-requested that from the National Archives. They said, yeah, there's 5,200 of those. 5,200. You jump from, we don't have any, to, oh, well, now they asked the right question, we have 5,200. Yeah, I'm at my wit's end with the National Archives. You know, that's a sleepy government agency nobody's ever heard of. And now you've got two special counsels, one on Trump and one on Biden for mishandling classified documents. They're the agency that's supposed to ensure that you don't mishandle classified documents when you leave the presidency or the vice presidency. And they've been all over Trump and haven't done a thing to Biden. And this constant battle to get information from them is so frustrating. And the process is because it was in the Obama administration, they have to give Obama 40 days because it's so many emails to go through those emails. And then he can determine whether or not he's going to turn them over. But Last Friday, they turned over 14 of the 5,200, 14, and they didn't give them to me. They gave them to MSNBC and Politico, and they wrote a hit piece on me, believe it or not, making fun because these emails had nothing to do with Hunter Biden. They were, in a business sense, they were just saying, you know, we're going to Christmas dinner and it's going to be at this time and all this other crap. So, you know, if you think these government agencies aren't coordinating with the media to continue to create a false narrative, you're badly mistaken. We see it every day. I mean, what's their explanation for why 14 leak out and the other 5,200 are still sitting there? No explanation. And what's even more frustrating is I met with the archivist in my office right here where we're doing this interview three days before that, and she pledged to cooperate. And then they pull this stunt three days later. We've already done a transcribed interview with the general counsel for the National Archives, and he all but said the DOJ told him to stand down and not cooperate with us. So, I mean, the evidence of a cover-up and obstruction by the Biden administration is never-ending. But isn't that exactly why you need the power of a investigation for impeachment in order to be able to go back to the National Archives and say, you can't follow the Justice Department? and block us from getting this information. Yes, exactly. But then that becomes circular because if you were to hold them in contempt, the people normally would have to apply the contempt are the Justice Department. Yeah, the Justice Department is such a problem because if they could help us grant immunity to some of these people, a lot of the people that we need to talk to that were the Hunter Biden associates, they're in trouble too. Devin Archer, when we did, he was on his way to jail. We had to hurry up and get that transcribed interview because he's going to jail for something else. And all these guys that Hunter was involved with are in trouble. All the people we need to talk to are either in jail, about to go to jail, or on the run so they don't go to jail. The media says, well, that says a lot about the quality of your witnesses. I said, no, that says a lot about the Bidens, because that's who they were, quote, in business with. 
they don't want to come in and do depositions because they incriminate themselves. Everything they were doing was violating the law. They were part of these shell companies. They weren't paying taxes. The IRS whistleblowers testified this under oath in our committee hearing. They were writing things off they shouldn't have been writing off. They didn't pay any taxes on this. They were clearly all violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act. I mean, that's the most obvious thing. That's what the judge cited as the main reason for throwing out the Hunter Biden sweetheart plea deal. It's an obvious violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. So you think about this. Hunter Biden violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act in at least three countries. And he violated it with one person in the federal government, and that was the sitting vice president of the United States, who is now the president of the United States. That's pretty unprecedented. I noticed that one of the things you produced was that Hunter Biden had gone with the vice president, I guess, on Air Force Two to at least 15 countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we didn't know that. We didn't know that before this investigation. I'll tell you some things that nobody knew and I didn't think was true either. The narrative was none of the money that went to the Bidens happened while Joe Biden was vice president. I actually believed that when we started the investigation. I believe that Hunter actually had a real legitimate company. I believe that Joe Biden didn't probably talk to a few of these people because they wanted to keep the plausible deniability thing going that they've got there. But in the end, we've proven that he met with all of them and that Hunter didn't have a single legitimate business other than he was a lobbyist for some criminals in some bad countries. Then the most recent thing is I figured that not many adult children go on Air Force One or Air Force Two with their parents. And the narrative was that Hunter had only been three or four times. Well, we found it's at least 15 times. But the funny thing about it, they didn't list him in the book as a passenger. They were trying to cover that up. The reason this was found, it wasn't honestly by us. It was by a lot of conservative investigative reporting. They took pictures. And there, he's in the limousine in this foreign country with Joe. So he obviously fell on Air Force too. So why are you hiding the fact so literally, they were not recording on the manifest? Mm -mm. No, no. Well, that's a violation in itself, I think. They violated so many things. And the Secret Service, when I mentioned the agencies that are obstructing us, the Secret Service is at the top of the list. You have meetings in the White House about Biden as vice president. You have Hunter on Air Force Two. You have Biden taking Hunter with him to various key meetings. And when he went on those business meetings in those foreign countries, especially China, which is the one we're zeroed in on right now, he had Secret Service protection. So we're paying for that. That makes him look good walking in to a meeting with a crook that he's going to bill millions of dollars through shell companies when he's got three or four Secret Service agents from the United States government walking in with him. I mean, that would be a selling point right there, even if he was high on crack when he did that. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the things which has fascinated me ever since I read Miranda Devine's book about the laptop, and she made the point, which you also clearly made, that in 2019, Hunter Biden texts his daughter and says, you know, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half of your salary. Now, I have always wondered what that meant. It kind of sounds pretty straightforward to me. It looks to me like evidence, but now the media doesn't think that's evidence. It's funny, the media, they believe things that Hunter says in defense of Hunter and Joe, and then they don't believe things he says that incriminate Joe, you know. But at the end of the day, many of the sources we've spoken to, we've had preliminary discussions with a lot of these associates that we haven't put in front of the committee yet. Bobolinsky will have in front of the committee very soon, probably Rob Walker very soon, probably Eric Sherwin very soon, at least a deposition or something. But they all say that Hunter had to pay for things of value for Joe, which is the last most recent place where the goalposts are with the media. Well, you haven't proven that Joe benefited financially from it. Well, if his family benefited financially from it, then that's a pretty good benefit to Joe Biden. It's a good thing to know that my granddad would have loved to have known on his deathbed that he wouldn't have to worry about his grandkids because they had made sure they had $20 million in the bank. You know what I mean? I mean, that's worth something. Wasn't there one transaction where Literally every member of the family got money? Yeah, every member, but that transaction didn't list Joe. But what we think, and it's listed on the laptop, what our sources have said, is that Hunter was paying for things for Joe. He put a roof on his house. He paid for his private sale bill. He paid some homeowner's fees. He paid some property taxes and things like that. That's why the next thing we're subpoenaing and we're going to end up in court because they're going to fight us like the Alamo for it, our Hunter's personal accounts, because we believe that this is where he was paying for those bills for Joe Biden. And the laptop says it. It just doesn't say which account and all of that. One of the things they did, and this probably is why you have to have the forensic accountants come in, don't they have something like at least 15 shell companies? 
whether it's putting money around from place to place. And the banks caught that too. So the frustrating thing for me is the media says, well, they weren't shell companies. And we think that's part of what the Democrats are going to say tomorrow. These were real companies. The banks in the suspicious activity reports said they were shell companies. The banks, if we could make public those 170 suspicious activity reports, this thing would be over. And the IRS investigators, they had that. And the information they're turning over as we speak to the Ways and Means Committee, there's information in there about about what the banks said. And banks like J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo and Bank of America and Morgan Stanley, they said that they're getting large, suspicious wires from state-owned entities. And a state-owned entity is a country. That's a bank term for a country. The Chinese money was from a state-owned entity, meaning it was from the Chinese government, and that they were running the money. They were laundering the money. That's their bank terms. They were laundering the money through a series of shell companies. You've got money laundering. You've got wire fraud. You've got violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. They didn't pay taxes on it, so tax evasion. And potential bribery, if you want to believe that they got something in return, and we believe they did, especially in Ukraine and Russia. We believe China, too, but we'll get to that at the next committee hearing. I know one of the ones that first caught my attention was that the widow of the mayor of Moscow, Yelena Katarina, sent them $3.5 million. Why would somebody like that send Hunter Biden $3.5 million and have people not think there was something really funny going on? Well, I mean, it was a good investment for her. And remember, Joe acted like he had never met her. And then the Devin Archer transcribed interview said he had a long two and a half hour dinner with her, private dinner with like five or six people. So that was another lie that Joe Biden said. He acted like he didn't know her. The reason I say it was a good investment for her is when Russia invaded Ukraine, Joe Biden put sanctions on every Russian oligarch except her. So she was able to continue to profit and do business and didn't hurt financially like the other Russian oligarchs. So that was a pretty good deal. You know, you think, man, that was a waste of money, the millions of dollars she paid to Hunter Biden. And I would argue she made that back real quick when Joe Biden became president. I watched the video of Joe Biden talking to the Council on Foreign Relations about he threatened to withhold a billion dollars in foreign aid to Ukraine unless they fired the chief prosecutor. I mean, he's standing there saying, look, I took your tax money and I basically blackmailed the Ukrainian government and they caved. Then he wants us to believe that he wasn't aware that this guy was going after Burisma and he wasn't aware that his son was getting a million dollars a year from Burisma. I mean, there's a point here where it's almost absurd Absolutely. And then you throw in that Devin Archer testimony where he said that Hunter Biden was with the executives of Burisma and he was too. Hunter, Devin Archer and the Burisma executives. And they were in a panic and they told Hunter to call Washington for help because this Victor Shokin was coming after him. And he did call Washington for help. And several days later, Joe Biden flew to Ukraine. So that's when the ball got rolling on getting Shokin fired. You know what Adam Schiff would call that? He would call that a quid pro quo, to withhold a billion dollars in foreign aid in exchange for firing a prosecutor. 
which again was misusing the American public's money to ensure that Hunter got his million dollars a year. I have been intrigued for the last three or four years, and I worked in the Trump years with the Department of Education trying to dig into the sheer amount of Chinese money that goes to the University of Pennsylvania and the University of Delaware, both of which have Biden centers. And in the case of the University of Pennsylvania, the Biden Center employed the current Secretary of State and I think 15 people who got jobs in the administration. We have not been able to penetrate and force them to release the documents about where the money came from and where it went to. And this is very common with all of our major universities, that they just refuse to inform us. Both of these involved Joe Biden and maybe more total money than any other single thing he was involved in. Absolutely. And remember, this is his salary for the four years he was out of office during the Trump years. He made, I believe it was $600,000 a year from the Biden-Penn Center of Diplomacy. And what we found out is they got a significant percentage of their budget from anonymous Chinese donations. And remember, the president of the University of Penn at the time, when Joe Biden became president, a lot of people don't know this, she went to the FBI and successfully lobbied the FBI to drop the China Initiative, which was an FBI operation to investigate all this Chinese spy network at all of our research universities, because every university in America complains that these Chinese students come over here and they steal our technology. They steal our research and development, our intellectual property. And the FBI was looking into it. And the president of the University of Pennsylvania said FBI needed to drop it because it was racist. They were racially profiling these Chinese students and they didn't need to do that. And the FBI dropped it. Well, now the president of the University of Pennsylvania is the ambassador to Germany. So that's another person affiliated with the Biden Center for Diplomacy. It's remarkable how much Chinese money has penetrated our governing system. I've watched this and I realized early on, how much of a headwind you were going to get from the news media who are going to do everything they can to minimize your efforts. And I've really admired you and your entire team and the methodical, direct way you're gradually bringing this stuff together. You're chasing down stuff despite every effort of the guys who are protecting corruption to stop you. And I really want to thank you both for your leadership. And I want to hope you'll tell your team how proud I am of all of them. Day by day, you are gradually peeling back all the different layers of dishonesty. And I think that presently, the American people are going to realize that this is really important to the country. This isn't partisan. This is a really serious national security problem and involves corruption at the very highest levels. And it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. And I just want you to know, and my hat's off to you. And I have the greatest respect for the work you and your team are doing. I really appreciate that. And they think a lot of you and appreciate all of your knowledge and wisdom and, you know, welcome any advice and counsel moving forward. Thank you to my guest, Chairman James Comer. You can find out more about the impeachment inquiry of President Biden on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan and our researcher, is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks 
to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.